Hey guys, welcome back to Final Sector. We are looking at the Spanish Grand Prix that just happened. Uh, it's our race breakdown. Uh, if you enjoy our content, remember to subscribe, hit like if you like it, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, we're just looking to create a nice little community here. So uh, if, you, if you know anyone that might uh, uh, might like this kind of content, share it around. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, remember to follow us uh, to, to get us all in your feed uh, and you get our uh, podcast which will be coming out we'll get the next one to be after monica you'll get it three days earlier than youtube as well so uh stay tuned for that one i think our next one's going to be like i said the the week after monaco so uh that'll be a good one too but uh we're talking about the spanish grand prix uh a lot happened it's probably one of the more eventful spanish grand prix we've had in in recent times um probably a lot of it i think due to the the sheer heat uh, of the weekend it was it was hot it was very very hot and a lot of it was hot and it was windy too windy extra yes. variables. yeah yeah we'll get into <laughs> that but uh let's start out with uh i've got a few talking points we'll go into the first thing i've got here and it's uh leclerc's roller coaster weekend um i kind of want to because he sort of went like these real highs and real lows um mm-hmm. starting even in qualifying like the q3 run that he had the very first one where he spun on uh provisional pole oh, yes. time uh spun into that spun in the it was the final chicane wasn't it, it was like a right coming the out of it, it yeah. was a weird spin yeah yeah a uh, real low speed spin uh and yeah threw away the lap and it's just like oh it's getting exciting and then he pulls out an absolute <laughs> blinder uh in the final one. yeah it was like three tenths <laughs> quicker uh, i think than anyone else uh and yet only having one attempt to do that it was it was pretty huge um and then, yeah, moving on to the race, he, uh, you know, started from pole, had a really good, really comfortable lead, uh, and then engine go kaboom, and, uh, yeah, gets no points. Uh, not great. It's, it's It was just up and down for him uh, all weekend, it seemed like. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, he was on his way to a, a very, very comfortable win, uh, it seemed, before uh, what turned out to be an MGUH and turbo failure um, of, his, uh, of his power units. So... Yes. Yeah, it's it's not good, not great, not great for for Ferrari and Leclerc's championship. So, yeah, I guess to emphasize that point, we said it was comfortable. It was, I mean, you still say the Ferrari, I think, was pretty damn strong and comfortable in that heat for the most part. Yeah, but it still, you wouldn't say was the dominant force of the car. Mm. Part that we might not know because Red Bull again seemed to have a few little issues here and there, which we'll probably go into. Yeah. And so the gap between him and Max was, there was a bit of a gap, but there wasn't that much. But what he then did was when everyone else was struggling with, as we said, the heat, with the win, with tyres, with failures, at least at that point to the race, Mm. he kind of wasn't having any issues and he was keeping it very clean. And therefore he managed a massive gap despite not having really performance gap. But then, as you say, we suddenly cut to him. We went, oh, there's a Ferrari. And we went, oh, that's a Ferrari going slowly. (laughs) And then you heard the radio call immediately going, just, no! And you went, oh, you know what that means whenever you hear the screaming on the radio (laughs) when the race hasn't finished yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So So whatever it was, yeah, instantly they just knew, oh dear, this is curtains, Mm, right? And you kind of then took a little bit, I guess at that point things were maybe a little bit, not that it was sleepy overall, but still a little bit of a of a, of a dip, right? And then that kind of shook you awake and went, well, what does mm. this mean? Okay, let's look at second. What's happening here? Oh, it's popping off. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> We've been following a battle going on here for a while. Now this yeah, is yeah. a battle for the lead. It's not yep. just for second. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's speaking a, li- a little bit more about the the actual failure that he had. Like I said, it was, it was, they seemed to think it was, was power unit. It sounded like power unit when it went clonk and... Yeah. Uh, but we didn't really know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ferrari obviously came out and said it was MGUH and turbo failure, and they analysed the issue and they said, and I quote, 
are satisfied it did not occur through a design fault or reliability issue. And I'm very confused because that that mean they meant for it to fail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How is that not a reliability issue? Like it sells more hats. It's yeah. Proven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, that that sort of comment confused me a little bit because, like, I don't I don't understand how that like design fault. Sure, like they can get away with saying it wasn't a design fault, but how could they not say it was a reliability issue when it happened? Yeah, that's. I don't, I don't know, maybe it was a miscalculation, maybe they were running the engine, like they weren't, it was like a, they weren't maybe they were just on gambling a bit, running or, hot, yeah. Yeah, potentially something like that, uh, that could be the issue, they didn't, as far as I can tell, they didn't explain exactly what happened with it, they just said it, they would, it, was, it wasn't a reliability or design fault, like reliability issue or design fault, so I just thought that, that comment was a bit confusing, so. Well, it's also, you want, it's interesting what they mean by it, because of course the story up to this point has been, both cars on the edge. Red Bull is quick, but it's likely to go kaput, yeah, right? And this yep. is kind of the first time we've actually seen the Ferrari properly go kaput when it's well, been the kind of one dominating, Well, there right? was also, the, around the same time, uh, Zhou Guan Yu went out with a suspect power unit issue as well. And that was yes. around the same point of the race. And I'm just like, oh, maybe this Ferrari engine just can't handle, like, really high temperatures. Um, but as it turns out, it was the Mercedes that couldn't handle the really high temperatures. Yes. Um, despite, uh, I guess we'll move on to them. Let's, I had that a bit later, but seeing as I brought yep. them up, uh, let's, let's, let's bring up Mercedes and, uh, for the most part, yeah, their, their continued rise back to, to competitiveness at the front. Uh, they get a P3, P5 for the weekend. Uh, George gets, it's his second podium, I think of the year, yes. isn't it? Um, yep, yep. yeah, he's, he's doing very, very well. Still has the measure of, of Hamilton. Hamilton obviously had that, uh, he did have not y- yeah, good yeah. incident at the start with Kevin <laughs> Magnuson, but, uh, yeah. Uh, had the again. measure on raw pace. Yes. But I guess, look, there's a lot to break down here, right? We should mm. say that this, as we said in our preview, Spain was when a lot of teams brought upgrades. Yes. Some teams had joy with those. Others were still got question marks of what mm. the hell they brought and if this actually helped or not, right? If they copy the teams. green variety, maybe. Yes. Perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but on the Mercedes, look, we saw in practice, they seem pretty happy. In quality in general, they actually seemed a lot closer. They mm. probably seem to be like at least right in the middle of that gap between the top two teams and everyone else. They were really, comfortable P3. Yeah, yep. there was even, like, like you could argue that Bottas was maybe there and here and there, but still under the pressure, he kind of fumbled a bit, and those two Mercedes were, you know, pretty solid. But I guess what's interesting, I think, going forward is, like, we saw elements of Russell and his fighting and battling, and mm. yes, he did kind of fight a wounded, a wounded Red Bull, but he still was driving pretty solidly in decent pace. And I think what was more surprising was Hamilton... Yes, we should. He had that incident to start with Magnuson. Yep. It was a, I think, an unfortunate accident for both parties. It's kind of, it almost looks like there was like, it's like in, in, in like a sim racing game when you almost get like sideways lag or something, and you yeah, kind of side by yeah, side yeah, yeah. you hit, and you're yeah. like, how did we hit? And in this case, mm. you're on board with both, and you kind of go, I don't understand. Neither of them moved, and then suddenly they just touched. They just touched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Hamilton- it was a light touch, which had really yeah. bad ramifications. Hamilton got very unlucky that he got a puncture from that. Like yes. uh, another day, you you don't get a puncture, and you just like ah, scuff yes. scuff the sidewall a bit, and you, exactly. you, go, you go on with your life. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was. It's. I think it was watching that back from Hamilton's point of view. I saw that touch. I'm like, that's so so unlucky to get a puncture from that. Yes. Um, yeah. But it, it obviously he ended up. Uh, I think right at well, the back. Well, he ended up pit stop. He was right at the back because yeah. he had to squander around on a yeah. flat tire. 
I thought what was interesting is understandably he was he was coming on the radio and going mm. like, is this even worth it to stay out here just considering retire, the heat yeah. reliability and that? People are but giving him a saying, lot of shit for that. And I'm just yes, like, yeah. I don't think you understand the situation. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, there's, yes, there's, go on, go yes. on. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're okay. I, I, yeah, I won't go into it. But again, mm. it's it's a guy who's just you know, his first weekend, he's seen a great car, and he's basically feels like he's out of it lap one. That's gonna hurt. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Again, yeah. that's why he's got such a good relationship with his engineers. Engineer can just say nope. You know, yep, <laughs> faff off it. with that. Head down. We can get points. And yeah. lo and behold, without a safety car, a virtual safety car, any sort of magic strategy or luck, he caught up. And then some, to the point where he didn't even finish that far behind Russell. And if nice. he didn't even have an issue at the end of the race, which if you, the past, I think it was the last three or four laps, we heard the engineers come onto Left the radio to both Russell and Hamilton. Yes, and basically say, this is critical, flashing lights are real. Yep. <laughs> Essentially meaning your car is going to explode, as we know this is the zero concept Mercedes. So this mm. was, I guess, the perfect test for them. Yep. I guess the fact they made it to that far through the Grand Prix before there was a potential issue well, means that they're... Well, George they had, had his a, issue in yes. clean air with the fighting, so... See, they said that George had that issue, but then you didn't really see his pace drop because of that, right? So either he was actually driving a little less than, you know, uh, the ceiling of that car, which means there's more to come, despite the fact he was able to defend pretty well from Verstappen and Checo. For other reasons as well, they were aided by due to some Red Bull (laughs) issues going on. But regardless, even if he wasn't driving at 100%, there was still decent pace there, right? For sure. um, sure. But yeah, more so just saying Hamilton, you know, then telling him to put his head down, which Mm. is what he did, and he didn't end up, he sh- well, you should say as well, he should have had a P4, but he had to basically save the car and, you know, yep. s- uh, give up the place. But to get, even in olden days, uh, do you think the past few years and how dominant that Mercedes had been, if it was all the way at the back, maybe you'd go, oh, P4 is maybe what you can expect. Exactly. And he got there yeah. in a car which is so far off the top two teams and a lot closer mm-hmm. to the midfield. So credit credit to Hamilton for pulling mm. it together and I think we haven't seen the true pace of that Mercedes when they get it together they seemed a lot more confident a lot more happy and in a race where the weather was basically the dire worst for their car when they have the least cooling of any team so yep. going somewhere where it's cooler no idea about Monaco mind you I think again that's not going to be representative at all no Monaco's a bit of an outlier I feel like that's yeah. just but that's, that's entirely a confidence track I think yeah yes yeah yeah um, but as we go into some races after that where it's cooler or different yeah. types of tracks I'm very interested to see mm. where that gap is or if they can sniff there or you know sniper a uh, sniper a checker or sniper signs now and then I so. think I think there is a hundred percent and they've been saying this as well it's been hard to see from the outside but they've obviously been saying they see the potential in the car if they can get their issues under control they did come with uh new floor upgrades uh they had a i should mention they had a filming day right before the grand prix likely to test all these parts Uh, i think it was at four card um and yeah they obviously brought must have brought them or maybe tinkered with them a little bit to bring to this grand prix they have severely reduced porpoising. They do still have some through some of the high-speed corners, apparently, which they need to dial yes. out. But apparently they were able to run way lower, which you could actually see on the side cams. Like, they were running really close to the ground. Uh, it feels like a lot closer than they have been in previous races, yep. uh, especially considering how many high-speed corners uh, there are at Barcelona. Um, and obviously the well, and how well. critical it is, as you yeah, say, to defend yep. on those two straights. Absolutely. So- it's no point having having that speed in the corners if on the straight you're just a sitting duck and mm. everyone breezes by. So exactly. we yeah. saw that again with that, that race long fight. Mm, for sure. Um yeah, I think there is they say that there is definitely still that, that, that potential. Uh, you know, that obviously they if they can 
now that they understand their porpoising problem, now they can actually, rather than focusing their efforts, like in their entirety of their efforts on fixing this problem, now they can be like, okay, now we can start to find the gains in this package, uh, which I think is something that teams have, have obviously been doing for the last sort of four races, you would say. Uh, first couple of races, I think people were trying to figure out issues for the most part, um, except for Ferrari. Um who just, just started with the perfect package, uh, essentially. But, um, you know, they are probably three or four races behind. But the fact that they're a comfortable P3 uh, and, yeah, getting podiums and uh, looking good on genuine pace with a package that is probably... is The ceiling is still probably so high for it. Uh, I think it's it's very good uh, for, for Mercedes and for, for Hamilton and George. and sp- mm-hmm. Particularly because they've been picking up all these points that they shouldn't have. And they've sort of kept themselves in contention, uh, yeah. kept themselves close to those two teams. I think I said this a, a couple of races ago, or last race or something, in one of those videos. Like, if they can just stay close enough when they do understand it, and if they have a car that's fast enough, they'll be they'll be there, and they, this will be a three-way fight. Like, yeah. that's uh, that's an exciting prospect, I think, uh, to look forward to. Even, I'm looking forward think, to it. Yeah, and I think even even from the perspective, if we think that unless there's disaster, they still might fall short a little bit, mm. but just to then be an extra factor in Ferrari and Red Bull that are trying to fight for a title, right? Like, yeah. we haven't really had... Any, like, even last year, all you really think was Max and Hamilton and kind of their teammates trying to back them up or not really get in the way. But in this case, you've got now a third external party that's mm. just trying to go because they want to perform and get positions and that, kind of interfering in that too. So how, how yeah. that plays out as well. And if you think maybe they don't fight... You know, maybe Max and Hamilton are going for the win, and ha- Max maybe doesn't fight him as hard because he knows, oh, well, I'll just bank the second place because I'm still ahead of Leclerc in third or fourth, right? Yeah. And you start thinking about permutations like that, it gets really interesting and mm. something we haven't seen for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, I do hope that, because, yeah, like, like you say, it's not something we've seen for a long time. It's usually just been kind of this. Uh, it's almost kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it kind of feels like a. For those who live in. I'm not sure about the UK, but like the US and Australia, it's kind of like the p- political parties. It's like, it's yes. like, you get this party or you get this party, and you can you can bank on the other parties, but they're not getting in. It's these parties. It's the, it's the yes. two-party system. And I feel like there'll be a cool little story from one or the other. Exactly. Or, oh, know. they'll get a few. They'll get a few <laughs> places in Parliament. Oh, it's all, all, all exciting and everything. Yes. And then it's like, yeah, but this party won by like seven hundred. Yes, the big votes. story yeah. is still yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So. It feels like Formula One's been that for a while. It's just been either two teams or two drivers, and they're just them. And then everyone else is like, "Oh, they they can do their thing on their day, but there's no way they get anywhere close." And having uh, a third team and uh, what looks like two George has obviously showed how he just he's just in that car and he's just on it immediately. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton has had a bit. He's been a bit unlucky, but he's shown even this race that you can get from the back of the grid to a P what would have been P four, um yeah, in, in a car that's that's third fastest, uh, at a track that is hard to overtake uh historically. So um, And is a hundred yeah. million degrees, which the Mercedes doesn't yes. like. No. Probably more than any other car. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Maybe the McLaren with their with their cooling issues, which they seem to have gotten uh, a handle on the last couple of races, which yes. is, so, um but uh but yeah that's I think that's that's the story to look forward to. I think that Mercedes mm. coming back through that'll that'll make the the championship way more interesting. I think. Um, but let's move on to I guess the third team we in that potential battle we haven't talked about. Let's let's move on to Red Bull. 
Uh, and I had a, a very clever comment, which I'm going to point out, and you can feel free to edit this out if you don't like it. But I was like, DRS, more like more like DRLess. <laughs> nice, very good. <laughs> more like DR. I I'll be here next buttons. Tuesday, folks. <laughs> Anyway. Well, like, DR, I hit the button a hundred times. Why isn't it working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Max, I should point out, obviously, Red Bull got a 1-2. Again, hugely dominant weekend for Red Bull. Red Bull and Max take both titles now from Ferrari and Charles. Um, so, they are... Uh, they're now the ones to beat. Uh, it seems like they just have uh, whatever reliability issues they did have with the engine seem to have mostly gone away, it seems like. Uh, but Max did have this weird, weird issue with the DRS where it was, sometimes it would work and then sometimes it wouldn't. It would just, like, flap open and flap shut, um, which I still don't know if it was because he was pushing it a bunch of times. Like, maybe it was just, like, an initial issue and it was, like, it did that thing because it was, like, some kind of weird technical thing. And then because he was like, it happened twice and then they fixed it and now he's just sitting there going, mm, open! <laughs> yes. And uh, it's just doing this, basically. I would suspect it was a deep issue because we yeah. even saw this first really rear its head. What was it? His final... Part of the reason as well we didn't really get his final lap from Quali was because he started his lap and he mm. thought he was down on power yep. and it turns out actually That's his right. DRS didn't open. That's right. So although there were some rules in Park Ferme, if you have a broken part and you switch it part for part, you're still able to show that you can fix that. So yep. they did some work overnight. We even saw on the grid they took the car out last minute, partly yeah. because of all the temperatures they didn't want to get the cars out there, but partly because they were working on things. Took it out to the grid, still working on some things, went out for the race and sure enough we saw him start to fight and then the commentator team went, I didn't see that wing open. Did you? Mm. <laughs> and then you heard on the radio going, "What the fuck are you doing?" GP going, "Wait, hey, we'll figure this out." Yep. yep. <laughs> and sure enough, throughout the race, we we're like, "One lap, oh, it's working over the radio. It's working now. Next lap, it's not it's working." Not working. <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> it was like, <laughs> It was so weird. It seemed to be like I was, I was keeping a pretty close eye on it, and it was like, it, it seemed like every other lap. Like li- literally yes. every other lap, it'd be like one lap. It's like it works fine because you could see his closing speed. Close is like ah, that DRS is absolutely open. And then literally the next lap's like up. Ah, that's nope. He's not closing. That's not open. Yep. Next lap, oh, it's open. Uh, next lap, no, it's closed. It was every other lap. There must be some yes. kind of issue with that. Uh, it's so on so the back weird. straight too. It seems they focused on it less because it's the back straight. But yeah, on the back yeah. straight too, where they have that zone. It's the same thing. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not too. Sh- very, very odd. Um, you'd want to hope they get something like that fixed, but uh, it's... You don't know the cause. It might be that because they're in Park Firma, they needed to... Yeah, it's possible. You, know, you yep. don't know yep. what it is. They were just trying to adapt on the fly, and mm. now they know what the issues they can fix it. We'll know. What it did lead to is a fantastic battle between Max and George uh, for oh, yeah. what was P2, I think, um, at the time. Um, at the time. <laughs> and which ended up being for P1, I Correct. think. Correct, yes. Yeah. Once, so that was still uh, in the middle of the yes, fight, which yes, is... <laughs> that's correct, yes. Uh, but yeah, that was probably some of the best battling there. George sort of... Uh, they, they alluded to the fact that George had had his line into into T1, where he would sort of cover that... That sort of duck into the inside pretty much every single time. Uh, he used it numerous times, and he also used it against Perez when Perez tried to fight him at the end as well. Uh, pretty much carbon copy stuff, but... Uh, there was that one that uh, I think Max, I think he did get past him, 
And then George yeah, had so... just had such a good run uh, out of that sort of uh, that that complex and just came straight back past him. It was sort yeah. of oh my god, it was such a good move. It was what's what so a good fight. about that corner, which we've always seen, and I almost mm. like that the grass is there too because you can be daring on it as well if you yeah, want to. Yep. But it's a really good corner to sell the kind of the, the double dummy because when you're def- coming to the inside, you still don't really want to be in the inside, but you know you have to defend there. So often you can get the leading car to start to go on the inside. Mm. When you see they've almost committed, then you know that you can dive up the inside because they're not allowed to then make a second move because yes. they've kind of committed. So that's what we saw in that case, which was when George kind of moved over and Max went, oh, I'm going to go wide here. Mm. But then he went, oh, Juke Joe went to the inside. But mm. then George kind of pulled out a bit and then just knew there was so much grip on the outside and just yeah. flew by him. And then into that second corner, and this is this is what the, the, the best guys can do, right? He knew that he had millimeters that he didn't have to then stay on the inside to then be on the outside of the long right-hander. He had just enough to then cut across to then block the line into the next corner. And the millimeter perfection you need there is what separates the pros yep. from the amateurs. And even in sim racing and everything, you know, to know that you do have just enough to mm. dive just ahead of him, right? We saw it with um last year with Silverstone with um with Hamilton and Max, and Max knew he could just cut across Hamilton across Hamilton after the the first straight, right? It's, it's yep. that thing again. So brilliant racing it was amazing yes max was harmed slightly by his inconsistent drs and of course the laps where he was closest he didn't have it yep. but george still put up an amazing fight and it's certainly mm. for as we say for a spanish grand prix which can be a bit boring there was plenty of every lap it was like okay we'd get the popcorn out again mm. <laughs> it was, it Defi- was a great race definitely that uh yeah i would say the first probably half little over half uh of of the race i think was super super exciting obviously with with the issues that people had we had uh, signs going off the gravel, uh, going off into the gravel turn we haven't four, even lap talked seven. About, Didn't even yeah, talk about guys that. Guys going off into the gravel. Yeah, exactly. We had wind a, or- <laughs> Yeah, it was so weird because signs obviously went off and just sort of just lost the rear. It seemed like a really weird incident. That was lap seven. He dropped back to like P eleven. I think it was P five. We thought, yeah. oh, that's oh no, science is having another bad weekend. And two laps later, Max decided he wanted to do the exact same thing. Uh, like it was almost carbon copy incident. Just sort of going into the corner. Oh, there goes the rear. Um, yep. and then, yeah, we get this call over the radio to Max, like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a crosswind in turn four. It's like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bit late. Uh, but yeah, he dropped to, to P4, which is why he was, uh, I think, fighting, uh, in all these battles in, in the first place. Cause I, was he running P2? And then he was running P2 and he yeah. wasn't really that... He was in a position with Russell, which we've seen in the previous races, where you mm. wouldn't be surprised if he was dropping back a bit and then yeah. tried to close towards the middle part of the race, right? Yeah, but then, yeah, of yeah. course, he had his big shaboots and that's when Leclerc went, okay, see ya. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. I think, so. I think actually we might have been treated a bit to a nice battle because of the DRS issues. I think one thing we saw very early on was a lot of cars in the midfield making mm. really easy passes. Like, poor Mick Schumacher came onto the straight, was ages away, and someone just went, boom! And, like, yeah. halfway down the straight, the pass was already made on him, and you just saw yep. him go backwards, and you were like, okay, DRS is pretty strong here. <laughs> Credit to a track, which normally even the DRS isn't necessarily that helpful, mm. because through that twisty last sector, you can't they really stay follow. close. yeah. So as we suspected with these new cars and that, it could have been partial the heat as well. Who knows? They were able to stick much closer, but that just meant yep. the DRS was so powerful. It was free passes if you were yeah. faster than the guy in front of you. Poten- so. I would say potentially that's that's one of the reasons why the three-stopper was so much 
better as well is because we haven't even talked about that the yeah. three stopper was the right strategy what yeah. what are we what is f1 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we saw people going oh the yeah. two stopper was horrible today mm, but yeah. it's not because of the one it's because yep. of the three <laughs> yep yeah bottas i think would have had a much better i think he came over the radio one of the first to say yeah two stop was it was the wrong the wrong play yeah. uh he dropped to p six behind signs hamilton six, and russell yeah yes behind that gaggle um Something like that, yeah. So six, it would have been right. Uh, yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah, but I mean, still fantastic for him. He still seems to think he's in the Mercedes, apparently. Because um, yes. he's or he, he always... was fighting the Mercedes exactly. If, yeah. If, if he every every weekend, he, probably... he seems to be around the Mercedes. It's so weird. <laughs> if he three stopped, he yeah. still could have beaten both of them as exactly, well. Which from, yeah. Still versing an upgraded Mercedes, mate. He's doing he's doing <laughs> incredibly. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that three stopper seemed to be super super powerful. Just yeah killing the rubber just by going faster staying close to that car in front just using that overtake yep. uh that drs to overtake down the straight it just, just seemed to be seemed to be the play um i guess yeah the, the super high temperatures and the the new cars sort of helped that so um i'm not sure maybe they'll maybe they'll look at potentially making that drs zone a little bit shorter in the future well if, i think if they're looking easy. at changing the last sector anyway i don't know if they said they're going to use the full moto gp mm. line but i think right. they said they do want to for next year and following years take a look at maybe adjusting that final corner maybe okay. it'll take more speed in then they might reduce the drs so i can right, kind of see yeah. how an overall change there might improve things even further sure yeah well we'll see um i think the only other point that i really had here i guess we can talk about a little bit more of the midfield things this is this can lead into it but uh we sort of touched on it a bit earlier on and that's uh the pink mercedes has now become a green red bull um <laughs> and we saw uh on the the red bull pit wall they were having the green cans of uh red bull which i thought was, yes uh, Very I thought that cheeky. was really funny uh <laughs> see that's the kind of banter i like like you know they don't I think they're st they're still fighting it a little bit, but um, the, the the FIA investigation cleared them uh, of all wrongdoing. For all those who uh, who don't know, um, Aston Martin came to the uh, we, we said in our our preview they were likely to come with a uh, or significant rumored upgrade, to come right? with. I actually didn't think it was going to happen, but yeah, they were coming with a significant upgrade, mainly to the side pods. And it turns out those side pods are very very similar to the red bull ones um but uh so there was an investigation whether or not they were copying uh red bull's design the fia has cleared it aston's come out and said basically uh at the start of the season they had two designs of of side pod that they were choosing that they were going to go with they eventually went with this one said they were surprised when they saw the red bull one at testing because they're like oh that's very similar to ours uh fia said they cleared them they must have come up with their like uh like cad whatever, when they want things, to submit the yeah. design yeah and part of the yeah. big big changes that were from uh, that was from the pink mercedes mm. fiasco was that now you have to show that you have genuine ip yes. and documents to show that you started to create something and build it from scratch right yep. and again as they said even they for them to at the start of the year have looked at that red bull and copied it and then mm. produced it to bring it here they said that it's it, for no a million way. billion pounds there's no way you could do it right unless you had the facilities of the whole world to help you which they, of course, they don't this year, especially with the cost saving. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So they did say that, yeah, they had two designs they're working on last year, which is interesting. The first team we've heard that they did have two kind of core designs. We saw that from Mercedes, but it felt more like that maybe they were just running kind of like an interim design that they'd already scrapped off to make yep. sure their zero concept design was ready. And they've still been adamant, as 
we've seen now, that's the design they're going down. They scrapped off their first first mm. beta copy it's, completely. Yeah, they, they said they they were open to going like to scrapping the no pod design, but they were really hesitant to do it. They would only if they realized this is no hope. Exactly. And yeah. This race weekend was kind of a showing of going. No, we yeah. know we've we've got it here, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. But in Aston's so. case, yeah. So so they brought the new upgrade. There was this kind of back and forth drama, which doesn't seem to be much of, even though they are very very similar. So mm. that's of course going to cause conversation. Um, yep. but then they actually went out on the track and um they, they didn't they, they were, seemed they, they were <laughs> where they, yeah they were where expect we sort of expected them to be i guess yes. i guess uh not not the not the greatest upgrade for uh for aston if, if they thought their they were race go. pace was okay considering but they yeah. still their raw pace on quality was mm. dreadfully slow <laughs> but when you would say this is a significant change in upgrade and then you kind of went uh, yep. are you sure are they just yeah. <laughs> like foil that's sculpted to make it look different, but it's the same car. <laughs> it's very, very strange. Yeah, I may maybe that has more potential in that. Like again, yes. it could be just like they haven't done any development with that s- style of car now that they need. Or it to... could be this was a glorified test session. We don't know. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Um, the the one thing I will mention is that it, I think it's still sort of ongoing. I know that um, uh, Red Bull have basically come out and and said that which we would have reported on like last year, there was a lot of staff that went from Red Bull to Aston late last year. Like a lot of staff yep. uh, went from various teams, a lot of them for Red Bull to, uh, to Aston Martin. Uh, and there's this thought that, oh, okay, maybe some of that staff have seen like, transfer of yeah, yeah, transfers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They've have used information that they've had in Red Bull to, um, uh, to develop this Aston yep. chassis. Um, or this this Aston these Aston sidepod yeah. design uh, in a way that that breaks the IP uh, contract thing with Red Bull that they have. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think it could just be. They're a allowed really... to raise it, right? The point is, they're saying course, that we're yeah. fully aware. Teams are allowed to raise it, and they've said we will properly look into it. But yep. Aston and that have confidently, considering they caused the controversy that changes rules in the first yeah, place. They're just they're like, not gonna ah, we're sh- fine. Yeah. They're not going to try to then sneak it again. They mm. obviously, you know, if they can do this, make sure they do it by the book. Considering yep. last time they were arguably very close to getting more than a slap on the wrist that they did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They kind of went, you've been very cheeky here. Don't do it again. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they've been very open and say, yeah, no, we're open to any investigations. We, we think yep. they, they're pretty confident. So, um, I assume that's probably more or less the last we'll hear of it. Uh, I think it is just probably a, a bizarre coincidence, uh, that uh, you know, we we thought the one thing I guess I will say is that uh, I guess coming into the start of this season, we and a lot of others were kind of worried that all the cars would look exactly the same, and we were kind of treated the fact that actually all of them looked very different. And this is maybe just one of the examples that show okay, two teams did actually think of a similar design. Uh, obviously, they they diverged uh, at the start, but it shows that you know, two teams did have, have similar designs. So, and maybe that is just down to the fact that there's only so much you can design with, with the restrictions you have on these cars yeah. as well. There's so, only so much you can research um, into them as well, right? Exactly, Before you have yep. to make a call. Mm. In this case, maybe they did, as you say, see the performance of the Red Bull and go, actually, let's go back to this developer further because we yeah. can see that we kind of went down the same mm. same thought process independently. It's not like this is like an open book where you can, someone says, draw a picture and you get two pictures that are so close, you go, what the hell? That's obviously <laughs> copied. It's still, yeah, yeah. fundamentally with aerodynamics, there are only so many different ways that the car can I'm run right 
I'm just I'm just picturing a guy on like the Aston Martin pit wall. He's got like a picture of the Red Bull, and he's literally like a piece of paper on top of it. Yes. And he's like tracing it, and he's like, "Well, that's trace. That was why it was tracing Aston point, wasn't Martin. it? <laughs> tracing point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. can't really do that with Aston Martin. We'll have to come no. up with a clever name of like tr- something with tracing, something with copy. If you think about it, we'll be here all Leave night. Leave it in the comments. So at Final Sector YT, uh, if you have a really clever name and we'll use it and probably credit you. Done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Moving on. on to a team that did have an upgrade that actually showed really good race pace was Alpine. Mm, Both drivers yes, out yep. there. I should say Ocon started in a relatively decent position, but had a a really good race and finished, I don't I think it was, was it 70? 7th, I have think you got he ended up there? Yeah. Yeah. And Alonso, who... What was the... I can't remember. What was the specific issue he had in qualifying? Was it that his car wouldn't start up or something? So, they had a miscommunication. Uh, so he That's had the, right. Yes. Yeah, so he had that Q2, Go. and he got into the traffic jam, and he was like... Uh, he thought they were really low on time, so he was trying to overtake everyone to start his lap. Turns That's out why had, you saw him diving down through all exactly, the traffic, and you're going, yeah. what the bloody hell is he doing? <laughs> yeah, so he thought he was like he was going to miss the flag, and well, I guess the, the team told him, he was like, oh, we thought we thought we were going to miss the flag. He's like, no, you have to go, you have to go. Turns yeah. out he wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, They had like of... 20, they were 25 seconds under where they thought, and if they yeah, had kind of yeah. stayed back, they saw that they... Yes, mm. so yep, yep, his exactly. lap was compromised. He started kind of skidding into the last sector. Mm. He was right behind Norris, which, of course, isn't going <laughs> to mm. help anyone. Not great. Um, that's right. So they did kind of had a faff up there, which was strange, and everyone was kind of like, how do you... Like, everyone at home can see the timer? Is this <laughs> a yeah, little yep. odd? Yeah. But as we said, in the race, they both sounded happy, confident, yeah. Alonso had a great charge Ocon was comfortable out there yeah we should we should Maybe. say that uh, Alonso decided to take an engine and start from the back of the grid I think he took yes. a penalty he took, yes. a, took an extra engine because he was starting 17th anyway so um, so they thought it would be yep. of their advantage to take a fresh one I guess yep. considering the heat and everything safe to take a fresh engine anyway yep but again they seemed pretty powerful and confident out there whether it was partly the weather and their cars more adapted to it mm. but regardless if they have brought a package and they're having a battling result like that, you'd go, that looks pretty good. Especially yep. when you look at who do you see as one of their main rivals? Well, Aston Martin, hey, well, <laughs> completely different yeah. worlds, right? <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Alpine are just sort of showing, I think, they're the two uh, the two sort of uh, standout ones that always uh, seem to be on a trend that, you know, they're, they're always towards the front uh, outside the top three teams. You've got the Alpine and then specifically Bottas of Alfa Romeo. I think Joe... He he's I think he's still finding his feet a little bit. He's been a little bit unlucky again with the retirement uh this race. I think it but... helps that Yeah, I think Joe well I guess crossover because why not? We don't yeah. here forever. Yeah. Joe, I think he's the kind of driver where you'd think considering the season he's had so far and the amount of retirements and that mm. I mean, we even saw his on board again for this race, there seemed to be that weird fifty fifty misstart thing which is still happening and yet yeah. he still seemed to recover okay from that. But he just isn't getting that much track time. Less because you see him in the barrier in the wall, more so his car just keeps dying or an issue mm. here or a, a pit lane penalty that's served wrong there. And yet he still comes out and he's still quite chirpy and Bottas yeah. is still like, oh, he's great and I'm enjoying his time with him. So considering that you'd say he's an outsider, looks a bit doom and gloom, I, I don't think at all we can give him any sort of rating. I think we've got to wait till it's the second half of the one, season yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. actually start to yeah. rate him, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess, uh, yeah, conversely, we've got, I don't know, like... The others? Yeah. 
I mean, we is can... this another weekend where for Alpha Tauri there's like nothing to say? It seems yeah, like they exactly. were on the track, and then you think and you go, I don't have anything to say about them. They weren't in the spotlight, but then they mm. weren't at the back. It's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's so this, like weird. four weeks in a row. <laughs> I mean, I guess we, uh, McLaren. Yeah, they 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 brought an upgrade package, and they just didn't seem. I guess it again a lot McLaren of their upgrades. Is... Gone. I was going to say a lot of theirs is they brought a lot of cooling stuff. But it was such a hot weekend. Maybe they were still struggling a little bit with it. Uh, but they just sort yeah, of. I guess to their credit, when you look at Bahrain, their first reach was quite warm, and they were so mm. impacted by that braking. Yeah. Here, where you saw Lando actually having to fight, and again got got points right. He was was it P nine or P ten for Lando? I think. Uh, um, I don't have it up like in front that. of me. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was back on the points. Here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But still, they, he said there was shots of him before the race, and he said he was violently unwell. I think he had tonsillitis. Yes, right. It was revealed yeah. after the race. I think so he still he was has obviously... it. I think there's there's yes. a talk that uh, there's there's a potential for um uh, for for someone to to come in, like either a um... right if it still is really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah someone to come but in. But to and, his credit, yeah. with how uncomfortable it was out there, to be able to fight and battle, and again the contrast to seeing Daniel Ricciardo, who really struggled, seemed to just not mm. gel it to. Together for what reason? I saw, I don't know how credible they were, but I did see some articles starting to come out. McLaren a little less, hey, we're going to work you to pick this up, and a little more, hey, we're getting into future talks here. Mm. You might want to <laughs> star up your resume a little bit here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Ricardo was saying after the race that he just, he had so, he was, it was, it was a sad race for him because he was like, he just had literally zero pace. Like, just in he the, was another in the car, car when they went onto yeah. the straight. You just saw someone else go, bye. Yeah. And you're like, huh? Yeah. What yeah, is it he... because he's just stuffed the tires? Is he not saved the battery? Know. Is I don't he, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but again, and... getting kind of crushed by his teammate who mm. was very unwell, you kind of yeah. go, okay, this is yeah. thinking about the future, future. Leonard's obviously there to stay, right? Not surprising that you start to think, okay, I think he's signed on until the end of next year, but. Yep. Again, you know, beyond that, this would really when they say, hey, Daniel, yeah, yeah, <laughs> come yeah, on, he buddy. <laughs> needs, he needs to find something. He needs to find something pretty soon, I think. Um, and then the other one that I, I had was, was Haas. Haas were the only team to not bring updates. Uh, and they still managed... Great quality. Yeah, really great quality. P8, P10. For Mick as well. Got lucky uh, and snuck yep. in. Juice and Norris cutting mm-hmm. limits, which was a weird cut. I didn't even know there could be track limits where he cut it, if you saw. Yeah, yeah. I think basically the, after like the yeah partway yeah, through yeah. the start of the final sector, you can mm-hmm. go quite wide near the gravel. It's not uncommon for drivers to accidentally go out wide there, but it seems like it's almost like there's a millimeter which you can then say that you've gained time, and otherwise then you've either not cut the track, which means you're fine, or then so, you've gone into the dirt. <laughs> I'm okay with this because I okay. think they said from the start of the weekend the track limits is the white line. Yes. White line everywhere. It's not just the white line on this corner or the white line on this corner. That's Rules. Fair. Yep. So in, in last year and previous years, track limits has been very, very ambiguous. If you can make it as black and white as possible, obviously when you're doing, when you're fighting or if you're forced off, like in a race situation, yes. then you've got some, you can have in some In a time some trial format though. Exactly. You know, you need to have this black and white thing and everyone needs to adhere. I think even Norris came out and said, like he said the same thing. He's like, I'm not sure... I think it was. It's a bit unlucky that, you know, we got that penalty for that. But um, you know, the white line is the white line, and he basically mm-hmm. they just, prefer like, consistency rather than having exactly, to argue yeah. every point so, every weekend. And I think that's fine. You know, if if they just say, okay, this is the track limit, we're going to enforce it every single time. Fine, just adhere to it. Uh, yep. I, 
granted, you know, it is a bit unlucky, but if they're trying to go out that far to try and get a better run out of that corner, like so far that they're actually risking going into the gravel um, and they go over the white line and they get a penalty, then yep. that's on them. You know, keep yep. it within, I guess within limits, you know? I guess it's almost like you'd think from a track design perspective, if you have a corner like that, where you almost encourage the drivers to run as wide as possible, right? Mm. But if they suddenly get the absolute, absolute perfect line and that counts as then being over the line, it's like, can't we just shift the line maybe five millimeters to the left? So then yeah. if you are cutting the track, yeah. or if you are at the track limits, that means you're in the dirt, right? But if you're not in the dirt but you're really close to it, that means mm. you're inside, right? Because well, if you do kind of get that perfect line, which is really hard to because yeah. you're looking to your right for the next apex, mm. you're not really looking to your left either, then I feel like that should be a driving thing that's rewarded, right? So I always yeah. think if you were going to change anything, not that you need to, it would just be a bit more satisfying. It's kind of like in GT Sport, right? There's certain tracks where you can, you know, kind of cut a corner to the absolute perfect inch, mm. but if you do, you get a penalty. But unless you basically are touching that wall, then you'll never get it. It's only mm. the corner cut when you nail it, and then you kind of feel worried about going for it because you could get an absolutely perfect penalty, but the other yeah, 99 yeah. times, you won't get it perfect. So it kind of feels like that. I don't know. Mm. The way the racer in me is just like, it's a tiny a bit unsatisfying but through no yeah. fault of the rules really yeah exactly i mean that's the thing like a lot of people just say ah oh, don't have runoff areas just just put gravel everywhere and that's basically <laughs> what we're saying just put gravel on those parts and it's like well if you just put gravel everywhere then every track would feel the same you know well I then science like... is never going to finish a race it's true it's true he will <laughs> never finish a race again he will in monaco always... they're installing a, a yeah. gravel trap at the end of the at the oh, end of the god <laughs> Oh, imagine that! Oh, like, oh, ma- like on the first, on the first apex, on the inside, yes. have gravel. Oh, imagine that! That'd Maybe be in the swimming pool, replace it with a beach, oh, <laughs> a beach of gravel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of that, I mean, you could talk. Williams were not good. Uh, I guess we can just say that they just had a bad weekend. Yeah. Um, just seemed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, not great for them. But um, I mean, that's really all the points I had. I don't know if you had anything else, uh, but otherwise, we can wrap it up. I don't believe there's anything, and I think that's a good time to wrap it up anyway. Beautiful. Um, thanks again for watching. Let us know your thoughts on the Grand Prix. Uh, was it good? Do we think the, the Spanish Grand Prix is finally good with these new cars, uh, or at least has potential? I think I think there's potential for, for some good races. That one, I think, was good. Uh, again, a lot of it owed to temperature, but um, I think, the, yeah, the, the fact that they can follow a lot closer has made this... Uh, a lot more interesting but uh, let us know your thoughts uh coming out uh next video will be our monaco preview which is in like two days it starts we really gotta we gotta pick up our shit um but yeah like busy I said, times uh, <laughs> mate uh thank you all for watching hope you enjoyed and uh we'll see you for the next video or audio we're on spotify god i gotta keep doing, gotta stop doing that. <laughs> thanks for watching all listening god kill me gotcha <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>